I did this. You did this? Well, well now, Angela, Angela, don't go crazy or anything. The poor man was just trying to uh, earn a few dollars so he could send his little girl on a ski trip. Nah, Mona, forget about it. She's right. I'm an idiot with the brain the size of a pea. Well, Tony, I, I, I didn't mean those small little peas. <laughs> Tony, what on earth would give you the idea that you could clean the chimney? I saw Mary Poppins three times. <laughs> I don't know, I guess I wasn't using the old pea. I just wanted to give Sam some of the things that, that Marcy's father gives to her. I mean, but I can't because he's a big-time surgeon and I'm just a, a lousy housekeeper. Oh, Tony, you're not. You're a wonderful housekeeper. You're just a lousy chimney sweep. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to AOOA, the Who's the Boss podcast. I was wondering if you're going to remember to do it. Oh, or you thought maybe I had a soundbite because yeah, no, I didn't. This I knew time. you didn't. Okay. I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. And we are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss. We got a voicemail. Did you hear that? Oh, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> Our second voicemail. We now wow. have two voicemails. Two. So we've discovered that Anchor will cut you off. After one minute. And I think it's mm. because they figure one minute voicemail is easy to slip into a podcast. So if you can keep your voice messages to about a minute, that's fine. If not, a couple of minutes is absolutely fine, fine as well. Yeah. So say your say your piece here, people. That's what we're here for. So we have a voicemail. Let's play it. And can, considering we don't have a ton of voicemails to sift through... <laughs> Yes, talk as long as you like. <laughs> hey, Tori and Kevin, it's Chrissy DeAngelis uh, leaving you a voice message, super 80s style. Um, so you may know me from Instagram and the Facebook fan group. Uh, so I'm CB DeAngelis on Instagram, and I'm also the girl behind the Who's the Boss edits uh, over on Instagram as well. And so uh, it's been really lovely to just meet some other big fans of the show, um, who've been fans for, you know, decades like myself. Um, and I love that there's a few of us that just committed to doing this in the last month or so, two months. I know for me, it's been such a creative outlet and joy and, uh, listening to you guys has been so fun. I love the podcast. It is, (laughs) I laugh so hard. I feel like you're in the room across from me and I'm like, I have conversations with you guys, Kevin, your humor it slays me. Like it just kills me. There's something that you bring <laughs> to, to your approach and, uh, and what you notice. Um, but really like the dynamic between the both of you is great. And I've noticed such a difference too, um, you know, from the very first one to where you are today. So, uh, it has been a joy. It brings me joy. I walk my dogs. I listen to it. I should be doing work sometimes and I'm listening to it, but, um, it's all great. I was just listening to double date I forgot how funny that one was. I totally agree with you guys that I think that I think Tony Danza totally just ad libs. He just goes off the cuff with names. Like there are names that we hear throughout the series and uh, like you can't make this stuff up. Like they have to be friends or old girlfriends or something from his, his real life. Uh, I will say that I figured out that um, the Camisa is, that is his, I think it's his 
it's his mother's maiden name. So I think anytime we hear that, it's like a nod to his mother. Um, he's just constantly like bringing in names and even just the way in which he, he speaks to the kids and even Angela, I don't know. There's every time I, I listen to him, even in interviews today, there's, he sounds a lot like my dad and my grandfather, um, you know, who are both like a hundred percent Italian. And I don't know. There's something about how he talks. It's very, very familiar to me. Um, I totally agree about the Brooklyn line being like, <laughs> it's totally a pickup line. Um, and I don't like, how would I feel if this was my dad and I, and he was using that as the pickup line. I, I don't know. I've thought about that too. Um, it's very weird. And the other thing I've wondered over the years is like, did Alyssa know that he was like such a babe? I know that she said like, she's, she knew that he was like the cute guy from taxi. I don't know. I never saw him as, as I guess I thought he was cute, but it was more like he was cool. He was like the cool dad that I wanted. Um, he's similar to my dad, but my dad's not that cool. So I just often wonder like, what did, what did Alyssa, what went through her head? Uh, both playing Sam and then just even as herself, you know, what did she think of Tony Danza? I've often wondered that she let him off the hook way too easily in this episode. Like him making out with the teacher. It's so not okay. <laughs> even then I'm glad she laid down the law. I love, love, love the Angela and Sam relationship as well. Um, watching this now, you know, in my forties, there's, there's times that I'm like, God, I want more of this and not just them, but like, just more empowering female stories. Um, that I think is something that, that a lot of 80 shows didn't really have. I mean, this, this had a little bit of it, but you know, I wanted more of that. And the boy George comment had me cracking up because I loved him too. But I, and I was super curious. I was really young though. And I didn't have any good language to talk about him. Um, and my parents sure were not going there to have that conversation with me. And so, um, that's, you know, that was just something that I picked up as well. So anyway, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Um, keep up the great work. I can't wait for more. Well, all I heard was that I was funny. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's all I heard in there. I do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> And you're just so funny. I'm funny. No, no, I love it. I'm glad. Thank you so much, Chrissy. That was an excellent voice message. And um, thank you for saying that we got better. <laughs> we've, yes. We've seriously... We worry about that. We've debated going back and re redoing the first episode. I know. We, we feel still like may do it because I do feel like we have gotten better than we were in the beginning. And if you start with that episode, you may, just <laughs> you may never, never come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Did I think, I wonder too about what um, Alyssa Milano, she said she knew him as the cute guy from Taxi, but I mm. feel like she saw him as such a father figure. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm trying to remember, I was younger, I am younger than her. And at the time, I don't think I thought he was cute. I mean, I think I thought he was cute, but like in an older guy kind of way. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, you maybe just liked his character more than... Yeah, like he you know seemed I mean? like a really like, fun dad yeah. at the time. Mm. Now I think he's super odd, but mm. now I'm 44. So, and then also I totally agree about the Angela and Sam stuff. And I do kind of wish they would have gone a little more in like a Roseanne direction with her and shown like 
more of her going through puberty, more of her like mm. debating whether or not she was going to have sex and like talking to Angela about it. I think that it would have been great to see some more like mom and Sam Angela moments over mm. the years. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy. Today we have season one, episode 21 called Keeping Up with the Marcies. Mm. This episode aired April 9th, 1985. And the original TV Guide summary says, Tony can't afford to pay for a ski trip that Samantha desperately wants to go on with all of her friends. Now, when this episode opens, Tony, Sam, and Jonathan are in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And they're getting muffins out of the oven to get ready for a bake sale that Sam's having at school. It's like this cute little operation that they have going, too, which I don't really fully understand. But, like, Tony grabs them quickly out of the oven. Yeah, Jonathan's counting down. Right. <laughs> They're all ready. Yep. And then he dumps them a hot piping muffins right there's right no way into they're the, not <laughs> into, I mean, obviously into the Tupperware right because then the kids are touching them right. afterwards and then cooling them off but it's, right. a, it's a cute nonetheless so Angela comes in and look when Angela comes in look behind her into the living room and you are going to mm. see a rug rolled up against the fireplace we'll get back to that mm. oh that's called a tease now Angela's all interested in the muffins she wants of course more. And Tony's like, hands off, these are for Samantha's bake sale. To which Samantha says, it's fancy, it's a patisserie sale. Right, which is how they say bake sale in Connecticut. (laughs) Right. The actual word I looked up was, I had a feeling it was obviously a French word, but it's basically the French word for a pastry shop. Mm. So Samantha takes pity on Angela, tells her she can have one for 50 cents. (laughs) (laughs) And they're blueberry muffins. So um, Angela bites into it and then gets blueberry in her teeth. So Tony's like, oh, you got something there. You need to go get that out. So she leaves right as, well, she's getting ready to leave. And Dr. Ferguson comes in. So this is the first time we're seeing Dr. Ferguson, who I just realized on IMDb tonight that his first name is Doyle. I don't know if they ever say that, or at least not in this episode. Mm. So Dr. Doyle Ferguson and his daughter, Marcy Ferguson, and we've heard Marcy before. Um, She's been brought up, but we haven't seen her up until this point. Um, He is played by Jim Jansen, and Marcy is played by Nicole Eggert. So Jim Jansen is known for a few episodes of Gilmore Girls. He's done a lot of stuff over the years, but again, a character actor, not something that he was on for a substantial amount of time. But Nicole Eggert definitely is known for Charles in Charge and Baywatch. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time that we see them. And Angela's like, oh, it's so nice to see you, but I got to go. I got to go use the water pick. Right. Like, which (laughs) there's no reference to that. But you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I guess she's. I mean, for him, he's just like, what? What does that mean? Like, you go brush your teeth now. (laughs) So she leaves. And Jonathan follows her because he says that he's got to show, he's got to get the water pick for her because he was using it to give his gerbil a shower. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she does not want to use that water pick. Just get out some floss, Angela. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Ferguson, before he leaves, he says that he's got chocolate chip croissants in the car. And again, Angela's like, wanting, so we're, we're back to the Angela has a big sweet tooth. Right. And Tony's like, I can't hold her back. So she leaves. 
So Dr. Ferguson starts talking to Tony for the first time. And he's a big baseball fan. He said that Marcy's told him that he used to be a second baseman for the Cardinals. Right. And then he says he always wanted to be a player. <laughs> right. Yes. But his mother wouldn't let him. Right. He, instead, he had to become a surgeon, a doctor. Right. And they're going back and forth. Like, Marcy's like, oh, my dad has a baseball bat signed by... Willie Mays. Oh, thank you. And a bottle signed by... Bob Uecker. Who is that? Bob Uecker is is Mr. Baseball. Oh. I do not know who Bob Uecker is. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, he was a he was a former Major League Baseball player, but he um, became a sportscaster, comedian, and actor. Oh. Um, he was dubbed Mr. Baseball uh, by talk show host Johnny Carson. Oh. Okay. Um, another thing about Bob Uecker is he's big and he's the announcer in the movie um, Major League. Do you remember oh, that movie yeah, with I remember um, it, Charlie it, Sheen? Yeah, I, I love that movie, but I mean, I love baseball. If I've seen it, I don't remember, but I do I know of it. But um, I feel like the beer bottle reference is because he was um, he's the he for years he served as a play by play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers, and oh, that's their big thing is beer, beer Milwaukee Brewers. Right. So okay. I feel like that's why. Marcy's dad says, oh, I got a beer bottle signed by Bob Uecker. I see. And Samantha says, my dad has a baseball signed by the 62 Mets, every single player. And Ferguson shows interest in that. And Tony tells him that his dad um, got all the players, took him a year to do it. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, if you ever want to part with it, let me know. And Tony's like, no, no. Now, as they're right, getting... Because it was given to Tony by his dad. By his dad. father, right. Right. His dad spent a year of his life collecting all of these names. And he, um, Ferguson offers to trade him for a triple bypass. Right. Which Tony needs a triple bypass <laughs> right. right now. Yeah, so if, if Tony were to take that trade, he hopefully wouldn't need to collect on it ever, or if when he's like <laughs> 70. So that's a terrible trade. <laughs> as they're getting ready to go, Marcy asks Sam if... Her dad has signed the permission slip. Right. And Tony knows nothing about this. So Sam explains that she wants to join the ski club because they are going on a ski vacation to San Moritz. Yeah. I guess that's a resort. I did not look that up. Um, I act, and, I think I did, but I don't n- remember. I don't know what I did. Yeah, I didn't leave the tab open. <laughs> So you don't you don't ever get to find out about San Moritz. Sorry, it's okay. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Um, and Tony's making excuses as to why she can't go. It's over Easter vacation, and he's like, you know, skiing's not really your sport. You're more of a baseball player, and they keep pushing it. And then Doctor Ferguson's like, if he if Tony doesn't want her to go, he is he you know he has his reasons. To which Marcy realizes that they're probably talking about money. And she offers. Right. To, yeah. She just offers. We'll to pay, pay for it. Right. We're rich. <laughs> I'll just offer up my dad's money in front of my dad without asking him privately. But Tony's like, no, 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 no. It's not about the money. Like, Tony's very proud. And I think, you know, he doesn't ever want anyone to think that he's in need of anybody's help. So he decides that Samantha's going to go. He signs a permission slip, and Samantha's super excited. Now, luckily, the check wasn't due with the actual permission slip. I guess there was a little bit of a grace period there. 
Jonathan comes back into the kitchen and asks if he can hitch a ride with Marcy and Sam and Mr. Ferguson, Dr. Ferguson, on the way to school. Now, as Jonathan comes into the kitchen, look behind him out into the living room because the one of their upholstered chairs is completely covered in soot. Mm. So we'll get back to that later. So they leave and Tony's left like trying to figure out how he's going to pay for this uh, ski trip. Angela comes back into the kitchen. Her teeth are all now clean. <laughs> They've been water-picked. <laughs> got to the water pick that yeah. was used to clean a hamster or whatever. Tony asks if she also scrubbed behind her ears. He's very yeah. proud of her. And she's kind of going over the things that he needs to do that day. He's got to go pick up the dry cleaning. And she hands him $200 and says, here's the money for the chimney sweep is coming later today. And don't forget that Jonathan needs to go to Cub Scouts. So... As she's about to leave, he's like, look at this, $250 for one week of skiing. And she's like, oh, that's a good deal. I would do that if right. I were you. Right, like. No, this is kind of a crappy thing for Angela to say because right. she knows how much Tony makes. And that's probably like, I was trying to look up how much housekeepers make today. And like a live-in housekeeper that gets room and board makes between 1200 and 2500 a month. Mm. So in 1985... And but I where? Say, here? I don't know, yeah. Well, maybe that's the range depending out, on where you are. Right. So maybe here, 2500 a month. Maybe mm. in, like, Alabama, 1200 a month or something. But, you know, and he's probably making more than the housekeepers around because it's Angela. But still, in 1985, like, how much was he making? $1,500 a month, maybe? Yeah. Maybe 2000 so... 250 was a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money for him. So, he looks at the $200, and he realizes that if he can clean the chimney himself, then he could keep the $200 and be able to pay for Samantha's ski trip. Which is kind of a little, like... I don't know. It's kind of out of character for Tony. I think that taking $200 of Angela's and doing something right. that he was supposed to give to somebody thing. else is out of character. Um, you know, like, he's the type of guy that would be like, you're not paying $200 for this. I can do it myself. You know? Right. Like, see, and it seems like we've had that with him in the past with wanting to fix her car and stuff. So, yeah, I thought that was a bit out of character, but obviously needed for the storyline. Right, because you would not have the wackiness (laughs) that ensues in the next scene (laughs) without it. Right. Okay, so next we see Mona peeking her head out of the second story window, looking up at Tony. Which is cool. We get to see like an outside shot, probably shot on the Universal back lot. Yeah, it had to have been on the Universal back lot. I wonder which house, uh, well, who knows if it's even still there. But if it is, I would love to know which house it is yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them. see it on the tour. Yeah, they're all still there. A lot of them are. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I even know, like, the Munster's house that right. is still there, but it was dressed differently for, right. like, de- for, um, no, was it, was it Desperate Housewives? I don't know. It's been a while what since was I was on that tour. Desperate Housewives was, was Desperate definitely Housewives. shot back. That there. was used. That oh, facade really? was used in that show, but it was just obviously painted different. Right, and they right. did all this stuff. Anyway. Yeah, lots of famous um, houses are on that back lot. If you ever have a chance, quarantine's ever over and you are in Los Angeles and Universal Studios yeah. is open, I highly recommend it at least once. It's yeah, fun. it's fun. So 
that's obviously not the correct exterior of the house for the house that we see in the opening credits. But just nobody look close enough, and it's fine. Nobody cares. Don't Doesn't try to matter. break down the layout of the house, the floor plans like I normally do. Oh, because because the, you're the, gonna be disappointed. Yeah, you'll go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's up there trying to clean out the chimney himself. So he explains that he's doing this so that Samantha can go on a ski trip. While he's up there, we get a Mrs. Wilmington reference again. He sees Mrs. Wilmington with her gardener. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's <laughs> the Delta Burke character that we've, we've seen previously. Right. And apparently she's making out with the gardener. <laughs> now, something is stuck in the chimney, and he doesn't know what it is. So Mona's like, I'll go downstairs, and I'll take a look. I'll see what's stuck. So she goes into the living room which is set up the way it normally is and peeks back to being yes yeah peeks into the chimney but before that she puts down yeah like a towel it's a little white hanky because she doesn't want to get her pants dirty right (laughs) then what happens (laughs) next so tony's like i'm gonna give this a whack and see what happens so she's got her head up the chimney tony gives it a whack and soot goes everywhere. Right. I would love to know a few things about this scene. One, how they did it. I know, me too. What the soot was made out of. And then I was thinking, before we realized what, what probably happened here, I was thinking how on earth they would have shot that in front of a studio, studio audience. So, and the answer is they probably didn't. Right. Yeah. So what we think happened, and the reason why you can see the living room set up the way it is to begin with, is that they probably shot, obviously, the Universal Studios part and the inside living room where the soot goes everywhere before they shot the episode. And then when they set up the, the sets for the live taping... The living room was already set up because every other scene you see of the living room, the chairs are either covered in soot, which are the next time, the next scenes that that living room set's going to be used for, or the chairs are removed. So they must have had it all set up to go and didn't realize that you were going to be able to see it through the kitchen door. That's my best bet. Mm. And then they played a tape of what they had already shot for the studio audience to get the the live laugh. Yeah, and that's not unusual, especially when there's an outside shot or a special scene. It's not unusual for a sitcom to do that even today. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they just thought people wouldn't notice because TVs were smaller and they wouldn't be able to see in the background. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say that we didn't... That's true. And and honestly, we did not catch this goof. So, on a website I've mentioned before... Who's the Boss resource, which is no longer active. It's a defunct site. But if you type in the URL on the Wayback Machine, you can get to some of the pages. They have a page that has oddities on there. And that's where I found that you can see the city chair in the background. So thank you very much to that (laughs) website. And what's great about this scene, too, is is Mona looks up there. Soot goes everywhere. Ruins her outfit. And she's like not pissed. I know they both she's are just taking like, this. She's just like whatever, <laughs> you know. Like I know, and then they're not freaking out. Like right. oh my god, Angela's gonna come home. Oh my god. Like, I know. Tony's like, cracking jokes about the soot. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Like. Right. Like no big deal. That it should have been made. Like how did Tony not get fired in the first season? 
Like I, this is now the, like the fifth or sixth thing that he's kind of screwed up. And this is a big one. Like not only did he take the $200 that was not his, decide to take on this project, he is now cost himself probably way more and who knows even yeah because the, the, we said in the scene that the rug had to be professionally cleaned <laughs> right. so there the, goes my two hundred dollars right. the rug is a disaster those chairs are a disaster which he just covers with sheets right that'll fix it but yes both mona and tony are surprisingly in a very good mood after all that happened <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna go take a shower so she leaves and He's, I guess, in the process of trying to cover up the chairs and get stuff ready when Angela comes home from work. Right. Now... Yeah, he was throwing the sheets over the chairs. Yeah. And the rug is all rolled up against the wall, which is the first... Which is how the living room was set up when you saw it through the doorway. Right. So Angela comes home and... Tony goes running towards her and jumps over that, like, couch table. Which is insane. It's... So impressive. Yeah. Like, not only was that a really high table for him to jump over, but he's wearing jeans. I know. I was very impressed with that. I can hardly bend over in <laughs> jeans and pick something up off the floor right now. So, <laughs> the fact that he ran and leaped like... Ran and leaped over it like it was nothing. I know. In jeans. Yeah, and I wonder if that was like a one take or... <laughs> Or would I know. For him, because if he doesn't, if he doesn't make that jump, He'll clear it. That's it. Yeah, that's gonna be a spill in front of a live studio audience. But he did it. Tony Danza did it. So he comes in and he's like, "Oh, I have your your favorite dinner ready to go." And how how was your day? And he takes her briefcase and he's holding it up so that she can't see. Like the obnoxious. Room. Like she's never gonna see right. the living room. Like she's just gonna walk straight into the kitchen and and go to bed and have no idea. But, of course, she's like, what is going on? She looks behind him. And I, I do like the fact that Angela, we learn in this episode that Angela's favorite dinner is rack of lamb. <laughs> yes, rack of lamb. I, I would have not guessed that <laughs> from know. Angela. No, I know. But I think, like, in another episode, he said that her favorite was his shrimp scampi or something. So maybe it changes based. Well, was that before or, th- or after it this episode? It was the Christmas episode that, that we... The one we'll his, see later? No, or? no. It's the one we already did where oh, okay. um, he was working two jobs and to make it up for her that he oh, wasn't that's home right. for dinner, he said he would make her That's right. Bit. Well, maybe she hadn't tried the rack of lamb yet. Right. That's a, oh, that's a good point. He made it after and a that new became her new favorite. Yeah. Much better than the... Uh, <laughs> than the shrimp scampi, I think I it was. Remember, yeah. I'm actually not positive that that was it. Something like that. So she sees the chairs are covered, that the rug is rolled right. up. And she's like, what happened? What did the chimney sweep do? And goes on an Angela tear of laying into whoever this incompetent chimney sweep was. And then he probably had... But rightfully so. She just paid oh, 200 yeah. bucks to have it right. done yeah, at like the time. I'm an, sure that's a lot of money. If an, a professional chimney sweep had made that mess, she would then definitely like, have happened? reason to be upset. Yes. So... As this is happening, Mona comes in, and Mona does a really sweet thing here, where she's involving herself in what happened to kind of save Tony. Right, like cover for Tony. Yeah, she comes in and she's like, oh, I see you told Angela how we clean the chimney. Yeah. So she figures if she gets herself in in there, then it's going to take, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of the... 
cushions the, the blow, right. if you will. Yes, it'll miss, it'll direct more anger to her as well. And Angela's like, "How d- you did this?" And Mona's like, "Listen, don't be so hard on him. He was just trying to make a few extra dollars so that he could send Sam on a ski trip." And that gets Angela to come around a bit, and she she feels bad for yelling at him. She doesn't really understand why he would try to do this, but she can see where he is coming from. And, you know, he's like, he's basically saying, I just want to be able to give Sam some of the things that the other parents here can give her. And, you know, I can't do that because Marcy's dad is a doctor and I'm just a lousy housekeeper. Yes. Now, when I first heard that, the way I took I'm just a lousy housekeeper is more of like, he's a surgeon and all I am is a housekeeper. Yeah, that's the way I took it. Yeah, but then Angela says, but you're a wonderful housekeeper. Right, that's (laughs) true. Instead of being like, no, you're not just a lousy housekeeper. You're a wonderful father and a fantastic person. Right, pick up my kid, you take care of my child, you feed us dinner. Right. No, but you're a wonderful housekeeper. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I thought that was... But, I mean, it was obviously scripted that way. It was just funny because I really thought by him saying lousy housekeeper, he was just sort of demeaning what he does and not that he isn't a good housekeeper, which he clearly is. Right, and then Mona lightens the mood by saying, yeah, you're not a lousy housekeeper. You're just a A lousy lousy chimney sweep. (laughs) Which I don't know if that helps or not. No, no, not at all. But it's Mona. The kids come home and Jonathan sees the mess and figures that he's going to get blamed for whatever happened. Wasn't me. Yeah. I didn't do it. He just goes straight to, it wasn't me. I was at Cub Scouts. And Jonathan's so cute here. And also Judith's reaction to, well, I guess Angela's reaction to Jonathan, Judith's reaction to Danny here is super cute. Like, She's really playing off of how he's like conf- saying that it wasn't him right away and right. so sweet that he thinks he's in trouble. That It's a really cute little moment between the two of them, I thought. Um, and Samantha's like, what happened? Did the vacuum cleaner throw up? Right. Hey, Sam's good joke. Yeah. <laughs> so now Tony has to break it to Sam that she can't go on this ski trip. Yep. Ski trip canceled. Yeah. Because whatever money he would have earned, he now has to use to clean up the living room and he messed up. But here's the other thing. At that point, right, that's a good point. Like, Angela should get her $200 back. Because my first thought was he's going to have to use that $200 to clean up the. Right, yeah. But, the, but really, the job wasn't done, so right. she should get her money back. Then he's got to pay for right. the rug to be now professionally to clean and r- yeah. get all the black stuff off the chairs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even think about it like that. Ugh. $700 to whatever it's going to cost to clean yeah. this up. I don't even know what it would cost to get the cl- chairs cleaned. Um, and so Samantha's like, but I've already told everyone that I'm going... And what am I going to tell them? And he's like, you're going to have to tell them the truth, which is that we, we can't just can't afford, afford it. it. Right. And she's upset. And she's like, you know, I just wish that we had never come here and goes running upstairs. Now, it's interesting because, you know, Tony brought Samantha there to give her a better life. And in that moment, she's probably feeling like, at least in Brooklyn, I didn't stick out as much. Mm-hmm. 
you know, at least in Brooklyn, most of the kids wouldn't be able to afford to go on a ski trip. What are you doing with your notes there? I'm trying to turn the page quietly (laughs) and it's not working. Um, So as much as she probably loves Connecticut, that feeling of being other and being, you know, the outsider probably hurts way more than if she would have stayed in Brooklyn at that point. And it's kind of a little bit of a tantrum and whatever, but, you know, you can feel for her. Right. I mean, she thought she was going on a trip. That's all she's in as a kid. Hell, even as an adult, when I'm going on a trip, I get excited. So you can't fault her for that. Right. And she, you know, this is her every day. Every day she's around other kids who are wealthy. I mean, that too. Pretty much every kid she goes to school with has to be pretty wealthy unless there are other. They're in Connecticut. Other housekeepers, children that are at the school, but it doesn't seem like it. So, yeah. So, you know, it's hard on her as much as she understands and, you know, wants to be a, mm-hmm. okay with it, it. It probably hurts. Later that evening, Tony's still, he's in the kitchen cooking dinner. So they haven't had dinner yet at this point. And Mona and Angela come in and they're making a big show about borrowing stuff. But... If you notice, Angela has changed clothes. So she came home in her business suit, but I love that the outfit that she has changed into is like a button-down shirt with a cardigan, a full pair of pants. A tremendous collar. <laughs> this is relaxing clothes yes, for these Angela. these are Angela's relaxing clothes. Oh, I'm ready to relax now. Yes. Not, not a pair of... Pajamas no. or like some sweat shorts and a t-shirt. No, that's not how she oh, rolls. No. All right, and the hair is still, you know, done. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's you know, it looks nice. Yeah. Anyway. And so they're making a big show about borrowing. Mona wants to know if she can borrow some granola, and Angela's like, "Oh, here, would you like a leg of lamb? Hopefully, that's not the lamb that they're having. I know. Night. It's probably an additional leg of lamb." And Tony's like, "I I get what you're doing." But stop it. I'm not going to borrow money from you. And Angela's trying to convince him. And he's like, well, when would I have to pay this back? And the answer is never. Yeah, no and, interest payments. Yeah, what's the interest? None. So she wants to give him the money to send Samantha on a trip. And he does. he's not going to hear it. And then Mona tries to get him to take her money. And he's still not hearing it. Now, this has got to be an awkward situation, I think, for them as well. Because... You know, Angela obviously wants Samantha to have as much as she can have in this situation. You know, experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that it's not just like her having an expensive jacket or something like this is probably an experience that she would really remember for the rest of her life. And it would be just a good experience to get to go on this trip with her friends. And I feel like Angela probably wants Samantha to have those things but it is a tough situation because from here on out even within her own house Jonathan and Samantha will have very different you know experiences and things that they get so next we we go upstairs and the shot shows the um, ski Vermont poster yeah uh, on the on the on the um Bulletin board, or I'm sorry, the thumbtack board. What are those things called? A oh bulletin gosh. board. Bulletin board. Okay, <laughs> and she's throwing, she's throwing darts at it. Yeah. Samantha's throwing darts at it. So, what, I mean, I understand she's mad, but what did the what did Vermont, <laughs> the Vermont ski, 
uh, resort ever do to her. Oh, yeah. You know, she I is. guess she's just so mad. Right. So she, and it's like, forget it. I'm like, go on. There's no other use for this poster right. other than for me to th- just throw darts at it. Absolutely. Right. She's an angry 12-year-old. That's true. Jonathan comes in, and he wants to give her his money. Yes. And Sam's like, that's really sweet, but you don't have enough money. But he does. Yeah. But before we get to that, I want... When we're in Sam's room and she's telling Jonathan that he doesn't have enough money, look behind Samantha on... There's like a vanity behind her. Mm-hmm. There's a collage of about five or six pictures. And there's a woman. And I think this might be the only peek we ever get at a picture of Samantha's mother. Because she's never in a flashback at any point on the show. So an actress okay. never played her. And why else would she have a framed picture of that woman that looks like she's probably 30-something or in that picture, or 20-something? Which, which, if that's the case and that's what they did, that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, it probably was just filler, and they just put a woman's picture in there. I wonder who that woman even is. Like, Is it just a picture that came with the frame? And they're like, oh, she's got brown hair. That's nice. But, yeah, like I, I doubt it was ever meant to really be her mom but since we never see her in any other way like i wonder if that is the only reference we would ever get yeah it looks like it could be it looks similar to her it looks kind of like finola hughes to me though which i don't know if anyone knows who that is but she played anna devane on general hospital and she actually that is if you saw a picture of her you'd probably recognize her oh yeah probably but yeah it's interesting like if that's what they were going for um but like who else would it be right. Why else would she have, have a woman, woman. this woman's picture on her vanity? It <clears throat> must be her mother. But the side note on Fanola Hughes is that what's funny about that is that she played that TV show Blossom that Maya Bialik was on in the mm-hmm. 90s, I think. In flashbacks, she played Blossom's late mother. Oh. So maybe she was just making the rounds as late mothers. <laughs> <laughs> then they used her headshot. I don't know. Yeah. And the um, permission. Yeah. And then you noticed a Duran Duran poster now on her wall. Um, yes, yes. Now there's, um, the police post, I'm not saying the police poster's gone. No, I think it's on the other wall. Right. You're you're right. Because we're looking at a different angle. Right. But there is a Duran Duran poster side, for some reason it's sideways. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The the other rock band poster we saw originally was sideways too. I don't know if that was like a uh, thing. Oh, you know what though? I take that back. They may have had, no, no, the poster is sideways. It's sideways. I'm looking at it right now. Because I, I thought maybe the lo- their name logo was sideways, but the f- the poster and I and they put it on a door, so I guess they were just trying to fill space on right, the door and yeah. put a long poster on a door sideways. It's cute though. Like her room still seems pretty bland for her. Like it doesn't really sit. yeah, not as much as Jonathan's did for sure in the previous episode that we saw it in. But I'm sure, as the show goes on, I'm sure it got more detail. And hanging on her door is a boxing glove. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, maybe it's one of her dad's old ones. Yeah, she, was she wanted in there. Maybe she boxes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she tells Jonathan he doesn't have enough money, but he does. And he hasn't spent any allowance since he was three years old. Who gives their three-year-old allowance? Well, and also says money for birthdays and Christmases, he right. says, too. Yeah, yeah. But still, 
But I just think it's funny that he's, he's been getting allowance since he was three, and he's right. had a housekeeper three. his entire life. He so anything about money? We're like, what chores three. is he doing, and what chores are you Nothing. doing at three for an allowance? Nothing. But yeah, it's cute. And so Samantha's like, oh, I'm so tempted, but I cannot take your money. I mean, he starts counting out 80, oh, 90, yeah. 100. Yeah, he definitely And then has. explains that he's not only has he been getting his allowance and birthday money and Christmas money, but he's a tightwad. Yeah. So he hasn't spent a dime. <laughs> right. He spends nothing. And um, so this is a cute parallel between Tony being proud and saying that he can't take Angela or Mona's money and Samantha being proud and saying that she can't take Jonathan's money. Right. But in a, in a kid way, she's like, I'm so tempted, but I can't. I know. Yeah. Like, Tony wasn't tempted. He was like, absolutely not. Right. Jonathan says that he doesn't want Samantha to leave Connecticut. Right. Which so is that's his motivation. Sweet gesture. Yeah. To give her the money because he doesn't want her to have to leave or want to leave. And so now here's a funny thing too. Jonathan suggests that she take money like his mom does. And out of a machine where you put a little card in and yes. then the money just comes out. Yes. And Samantha explains that that's, it's still coming out of her account. And Jonathan goes, uh oh. Right. But then it's never referenced. That's, I know, I was wondering the same thing. Like, why was that brought up? Like, uh oh. Yeah. Well, then maybe we're supposed to think that Jonathan's been stealing money from right, like he's Angela, been and that's taking... why he has all this money in this box, and yeah. we just leave it alone. Right. It's never brought up again for the rest of the episode. Oh, Jonathan. Criminal. So, yeah, is he like swiping the credit the credit card, going to the bank machine, and then and just taking stealing, money taking out. what he wants? Uh oh. And then, and then that's it. I didn't remember, so I have a vivid memory of one of my high school friends who went to college before I did, Mm -hmm. getting up to college and telling me that there were machines on campus where you would put your debit card in and you would get cash out. And I thought that that was the first time I had really heard of an ATM, but... No, I guess it's the first time we've experienced it. I guess so, because I looked it up, or we looked it up, and they've been around since like the late 60s, early 70s. But I don't know, maybe they just weren't that widespread or they were yeah. only at banks and not just around. I mean, when I went to the bank with my mother, she always went in and got money out. Right. Yeah. I don't you remember the her having an ATM card going to the ATM machine when I was a kid. And that yeah. was like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I don't remember that either. But Well, just the 80s, really. Maybe in the rich neighborhoods in Fairfield, Connecticut. They had well, maybe. <laughs> they had them already. <laughs> Now, downstairs, Tony wants Angela to try the soup that he's making. And she's like, oh, does it need salt? Does it need this? Does Oregano it need that? And he's whatever. like, no, it needs nothing. And she's like, oh, okay, I love it. Then I'll give you $250 for it. So, again, she's still trying to get him to take money, and he won't. And he tells Angela, like, maybe Sam's right, and we shouldn't have come here. Because I can show her a better life, but I can't actually give it to her. Yeah. And can't he, deliver it. Yeah. And he feels bad that he can't send her on this one ski trip. You know, and I could see that this, I could see this being an issue for them. And I, it plays out a little more over the series, too, you know, of him not being able to give her the stuff that all of her friends has, have, have, have. But Angela stresses, like, you can do a lot more with her than Dr. Ferguson. Like, you get to spend a lot of time with her. You teach her how to play baseball. You're her coach. You're a great cook. And 
I was grossed out because after she tasted the soup on that wooden spoon, she put it back. Well, well first of all, before she does that, she's waving the spoon around the right. kitchen Pun- and then tells Tony, well, you can show her how to bunt. And she's right. like, oh, sorry, I just hit the microphone. <laughs> she's trying to like bunt like a baseball yeah. bat with the thing and it looks like she's fighting herself. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I know, but it's but Angela. She doesn't then know anything. To lead up to your to yeah. next thing, which is gross. Yeah, then she puts it back in the soup. But right. I, I don't know. I guess after licking family. it and waving it around the kitchen. <laughs> I know. That stuff always grosses me out, but maybe yeah. I'm the only one. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I have a lot that I can give her a lot more, you know. I have housemaid's knee and then it dawns on him that he has a baseball signed by the 62 Mets. So he decides that he's going to sell it to Dr. Ferguson so that he can pay for the trip. Well, before we go any further, don't we want to know what a housemaid's knee is? Or are we supposed to assume what... Oh, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Oh, really? It's a real thing? Yes, it's a real thing. Oh, wow. Okay. How could it not be a real thing? All right. Let's see. And what be is in it? the show. Um, housemaid's knee is also known as... And I'm, I'm going to butcher this... <laughs> Prep patellar bursitis. 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 Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Glad somebody in the room knew what that is. I don't know what the first word is. It is caused by inflammation of the bursa, a small fluid-filled sac, in the front of the kneecap. It more commonly occurs in people who spend long periods of time kneeling. Oh. Housemaid's knee. But, okay, but Tony Maselli can jump a table. With his housemate's But knee. he's got housemate's knee. <laughs> yeah. My, see? Glad I brought it up then. <laughs> oh, I got housemate's knee. He's got fluid in his knee, but he's he's uh, leaping about four feet right, in the air. Right, right. Like yeah. a track star. I just figured that that was just like a, a thing he was saying. Oh, he no, I had to look it up. Like, it's got to be a hurts. thing. It's yeah. got to be a real right, deal. Thank housemate's you. knee. That's funny. So... Um, yeah, so he, he's going to sell the baseball to Dr. Ferguson. But when he's in the room with them, he's having a hard time parting with it. I know, you could tell. And Dr. Ferguson can tell that he really doesn't want to have to sell it either. But he figures that he's selling it so that he can send Sam on the field trip, even though Tony's never going to let him know that for real. Like, he's even saying, like, how much do you want for it? And Tony's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really need the money or anything. And Dr. Ferguson comes up with $250, and Tony says, that's a perfect price. Thank you. The next day, Tony's in the kitchen with Mona and Angela, and he's going over the ski brochure, and Angela's all like, oh, it's so sweet that you sold the baseball for this, and it's like an O. Henry story, really romanticizing what he's done. And... I'll be honest that I really, I had heard a gift of the Magi, mm-hmm. but I, and I knew that it was related to O. Henry in some capacity, but I didn't realize that O. period Henry is the name of the author. Oh, yeah. Well, the so, only reason I knew it is because I saw in the closed captioning, it said oh, O. Okay. period oh, okay. Henry. I, I so thought I'm like, it was oh, somebody Henry. named oh, O. Henry. Oh, that's the, yeah, yeah. the gift of the Magi. So, yeah. I mean, she's referencing the gift of the Magi, I would say, most closely resembles the story where a wife sells her hair to get the husband a chain for his pocket watch, and the husband sells his pocket watch to get a comb for his wife's hair. Now, Tony and, and Mona are kind of annoyed with Angela, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, uh, the kids come home, and... Sam's hiding something in her hand and Tony's like oh I was going over the brochure and you're gonna have so much fun on this trip and she's like no I don't think I am 
and she throws the baseball to him. Right. And he's like, where did you get this? And she said, I saw it at Marcy's house and I figured you would want it. And he tells her that he sold it to Marcy's dad. And she's like, I know. And I bought it back because I don't want you to have to part with something like this to send right, me that means so much on to a him. ski trip. Yeah. Which is so sweet. Like, it's sweet that he was going to do that for her. And it's sweet that she, as much as she wanted this trip and she wanted to be able to tell her friends she was going to go and she wanted to be able to go, that she knew how much that baseball meant to him. Yeah, because not only is it signed by all the 62 Mets, uh, it's, a, you know, it's his father's. Right. It's one of the few things he has left of his dad. And he says, well, where did you get the money to buy the ball back? And she's like, it's Connecticut. I've got wealthy friends. And Jonathan says, you owe me 250 clams. Yeah, this is funny. (laughs) So Angela and Jonathan and Mona give Tony and Sam some privacy and leave. And Angela's like, let's go renegotiate your allowance. Allowance, Yeah. And then what's most disturbing about this scene to me is when they sit down at the table. Tony, I mean, as a baseball fan who would probably have an autographed baseball. Tony's manhandling this ball. He's rubbing it like the oils from your hand. This is a, a now. Granted, it's the '80s. This is a ball signed by the World Series 1962 Mets. Right. 62 is in the '80s. It shouldn't even be out of a case. Yeah, it would be like in it a little be in glass, one of those little plastic yeah, or glass yeah, cases. case. And he's he's talking to her. He's rubbing it like a <laughs> like a pitcher would do on the mound. Uh, I was I was a little disturbed yeah, by that. Like he's know. rubbing those autographs right, right off. It's gonna be everything's gonna be smeared into one little blob. And that thing would be worth a lot more money than 250 bucks. Really, in the eighties, the sixties. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I even know. feel like in the eighties, probably now. I could probably was, look that up and see. Does it also make a difference if something is personalized versus not personalized? Because his ball said to Matt. Oh, I don't think that would have made really? a difference. I always wonder that, like mm-hmm. other autograph things. I don't think so, but as the fact that it was the 62 Mets, I mean, that was a yeah, true. amazing team. I guess if you have it, then you just tell somebody that you have an uncle named Maddie, even if you don't. Mm-hmm. Now, Tony is like, okay, well, what do you think? Do we belong here or should we go home? And Samantha says she's made a list of pros and cons. And on her pros side is Jonathan, Angela, and Mona. And she really likes her school. And she really likes her teacher. Hmm. And Tony says, so do I. So I wonder if this is a reference to Old Lady Scranton. Like, I thought that Old Lady Scranton didn't make it past that episode, but maybe she did. Maybe he was still hanging out with her. Yeah, it was quiet. You never heard anything. Yeah, I mean, he did kiss the lifeguard, Mm -hmm. but he could have still been dating Old Lady Scranton. It's Tony. I know. You know, well, you know, you just don't a know. booty call. Who knows? Yeah. It's season one, Tony, too. Right. He was, he was really making his way around. <laughs> and he said, well, what's on the bad side? And she said, we're not loaded. So stuff like ski trips and things, you know, and riding lessons and designer underwear is something right. that I'm not going to be able to have. Designer underwear. <laughs> but you think about it, too. like. And then she's like, they exist and Marcy's got them. Yep. Yep. The, the thing I think, too, you know, and... This is something that has come up a lot in today, um, today's time, where kids who are privileged are going to just have more opportunities than kids who are not. So, mm-hmm. not just ski trips, but like dance lessons Anything. and music yep. lessons, mm-hmm. and like 
they're so expensive and there's yes, just they no are. way that time <laughs> right <laughs> we yes, know our kids are big in a dance but there's just there's no way that he would be able to keep up with all of that and it is unfortunate and hopefully and i feel like in the 80s there might have been more ways for her to have had experiences like at the ymca maybe mm-hmm. or I um, agree mu- more music in school at that point than there is today so there really is you know a a big divide between the children whose parents can afford these things and the children who cannot and it just you know sets a gap between them starting from the very beginning that is hard for them to ever catch up to now she's like you know but the thing is that we weren't really that big in Brooklyn either like we still we were poor in Brooklyn and we're poor in Connecticut so I'd rather be poor and live in a house <laughs> that, that has three bathrooms three bathrooms I thought that was funny too yeah, that was really cute yeah. so yes I mean the upside is that they have a great place to live she gets to go to a really good school yeah and, and she has friends there you know yes and like even though she's not going to be able to do a lot of the stuff that her friends can do she is getting more opportunities than she would have had if they had stayed in Brooklyn. True. And, you know, probably in a lot less trouble and getting a better education. So, and I have a feeling that, you know, this is season one. So I wonder if as they go on, if Angela finally, like, I don't know how much it comes up and we'll have to keep an eye on that. But I wonder if Angela finally wore Tony down and just let, made him let her pay for things when it came to Samantha that she wanted her to have Mm -hmm. because I could see her wanting to contribute you know by the time the show ends it's pretty much her mom so she would want to contribute to her life as much as she could well Tony tells Sam you know you're not completely broke your mom and I started a bank account for you when you were a baby and we put money in whenever we had it here and there or whatever Christmas gifts and stuff and you have about $2,000 in there now. So she decides that she's going to use that money to go on the ski trip. Which is cute, but again, I think, I don't know. How many ski trips is that really going to get you? And then your $2,000 is going to be gone. Gone, yeah. Or if you save it and keep adding to it, you know, by the time she's ready to go to college, she could have more to pay for school. But this was a very good opportunity for her. So... Now we fast forward to, so I don't really know how much, at first I thought the ski trip was probably like a month away. When was this? I, I even said the the date of this episode before we started. Okay, April 9th. So the trip was over Easter break. So it probably was just like a couple of weeks before. Yeah, I mean, they were just trying to be time, you know, they were just trying to put it out around Easter probably right. anyway. Easter was coming up, so it's a reference to it. Yeah, so we're a couple weeks later, and Tony's waiting for Sam to get home from the ski trip. And she's late getting home, and he's panicking. He's thinking that something terrible happened. He's had a premonition of somebody falling, and he's pretty sure it's Samantha. (laughs) And Angela's like, oh, stop being silly. And Mona's, of course, like, don't be so earthbound. Like, parents know these things about their kids. Right. And she brings up the fact that she knew Angela wasn't going to go to the junior prom. And Angela's like, I did go to junior prom. But she's like, not with a date. Right. But she's like, with a date. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the car pulls up and Samantha is fine. And 
Mona makes a reference here that we didn't really get, but we looked it up where he's like, oh, she's she can walk. It's a miracle. And Mona right. says they must have stopped off at Lourdes. And yeah. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. But we looked that up and that is a place in, oh, shoot, was it France or Italy? I think it was Italy. And apparently these springs there have healing powers. So she was making a joke that the springs at Lourdes would have healed Samantha if she had gotten into an accident. It's France. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, Town in France. So was that at least one of the options? Did I say France and Italy or was I wrong on both? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember what I just said. 45 seconds ago and I can't remember. (laughs) So... Angela's like, oh, I'm sorry. Samantha's like, what? What are? What was the problem? And he's like, oh, your dad. He's like, I just saw this terrible fall. And as he's walking into the living room, he kicks the suitcase. Oh, yes, and eats and it. And goes flying into the air and lands on the couch. And that's the end of the episode. Well, you actually don't know he lands on the couch. They freeze it. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, the couch is the only thing underneath them. But I know, but then later they show it. Yeah, so... Closing credit. Yeah, if you go all the way to the end of the closing credits on Amazon Prime, then they show him like do a somersault on the couch. Yep. That Tony Maselli man, that handmaid's knee does not hold him down. There's no handmaid's knee. He's he's flipping all over the place. What it was? Yeah, handmaid's hand. Yeah, no fluid in that knee. The way he's flipping and jumping and. Right, and that's it. We've hit the end. Okay. Okay, so let's do rating first. Um, okay. You want to go first? Sure. I gave this one a 7.5. Oh, okay. That seems to be my go-to is the 7.5, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I, um, okay. But yeah, 7.5. Sorry, go ahead. I give it an 8.5. Ooh. I know, it's high for me, but I don't know. I just really liked all of the things that this episode touched on. Mm, yeah, there were a lot of sweet moments. Yeah, there's a lot of sweet moments, and... You know, it brought up an interesting thing to think about with them living in Connecticut and not being as wealthy as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just really was really sweet stuff between Sam and Tony and her giving up what she really wanted to make sure she got the baseball back for her dad for her dad. So, yeah, I really I really like this episode. I think the first time I watched it recently, I cried a little bit when Samantha, you know, gave him back the baseball it was cute yeah it was good it was a good one made me feel bad about my rating (laughs) (laughs) who's the boss around here me or my mother or maybe it's you i'll go first on who's the boss i picked samantha as the boss for this episode and it's because you know in the end she gave up what she wanted to make sure that tony got the baseball back so, yeah, I mean, I hate to to say what you said, but what you said, um, <laughs> no, I, I picked well, and the funny thing is, I know before we started the episode, I said I need to um, pick who's the boss in this one. And I picked Samantha. And then as I was reading my notes and thinking about it, I almost went with Mona oh, only okay. because I mean, but she wasn't in it enough, but she kind of was. Trying to steer the ship and right. trying to keep it together for Tony, you know. Yeah, she definitely stepped the, up oh, for Tony. Uh, yeah, right, right, exactly. So, um, but yes, I think overall it's got to be Samantha because she's yeah. the one who just 
she tried to get the baseball back. Like, even though she wanted to go on that trip so bad, yeah. she knew that ball was worth so much to her dad. Right. So Nice. Definitely we, Samantha. We agree. We agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you can reach us at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram. Send us a direct message about anything. Or you can just, um, you know, comment on any of the posts about something that we missed or anything you want to discuss. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast, and there you can leave a voice message. Ooh. Yeah, and then we'll play it. Next episode, we have hit the season finale oh of season goodness. one. Can you believe wow. it? 22 so episodes we're done. down. We're done <laughs> yeah. with all of it. Well, th- thank you everyone for joining yeah. us. And <laughs> Oh wait, there's yeah, seven, seven more. more seasons oh to go. Oh my gosh! But this is I'm I'm it's I'm a excited. Milestone. Yeah, it's a milestone. I'm very excited. That's and sure. this episode is first kiss. So mm. can you guess what's going to happen in this episode? Oh boy! It's going to be a good one, guys. All right. So we don't have our usual song for the end because we figured since Tony was describing the fact that he thought he could clean a chimney. Because he saw Mary Poppins three times, there was really only one thing yeah, to play. Yeah, we have no other options than to play right. Chim Chim Churi from Mary Poppins with uh, Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke singing nice. on it directly from the movie. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and give you a big pat on the back. Chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim, chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, cheroo. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you. Or blow me a kiss. And that's lucky too. Now, as the ladder of life has been strung, you might think a sweep's on the bottom most rung. Though I spends me time in the ashes and smoke, in this old wide world there's no happier bloke. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. Good luck we're above when I shake hands with you. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheroo. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you. I choose me bristles with pride, yes I do. A broom for the shop and a brush for the flu. Oh, it's awfully dark and gloomy up there. There now, you see how wrong people can be? That there is what you might call a doorway to a place of enchantment. Up where the smoke is all billed and curled, between pavement and stars is the chimney sweep world. When there's hardly no day, no hardly no night, there's things off in shadow and off way in light. On the rooftops of London. Cool. What a sight.
Chim chimini, chim chimini, chim chim cheree. When you're with a sweep, you're in glad company. Nowhere is there a more happier crew than them what sings chim chim cheree, chim cheroo. Chim chimini, chim chim cheree, chim cheroo.